Hello and welcome to the Undead Wookiee podcast, episode 70, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom from 1984. The Undead Wookiee is a fortnightly-ish podcast focusing on horror and sci-fi, but there will be times where we dip into other genres because here at the Undead Wookiee, our nerdiness knows no bounds. Hello and welcome back. I am your host, Hugh Lloyd, as always, and I hope you are safe and you are well and you're washing your hands and you're making sure that you're socially distancing and you're staying indoors unless it's absolutely necessary. Now, before I introduce my very, very special co-host, let's check out the trailer for Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. If adventure has a name, it must be Indiana Jones. From Steven Spielberg and George Lucas, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. You don't believe me. You will, Dr. Jones. back and i am joined by the one the only mr leighton winston mr winston how are you sir i'm in lockdown i'm <laughs> in lockdown we're all in lockdown we're all in lockdown and you're not even in a metaphysical box of pain no no i'm not even i mean my we're all in the same boat um our creature comforts have become that much more comfortable yes um i heard a, a, a stat because i'm not can't even say the word statistic properly there you did <laughs> there i <it> did <laughs> average families couples whatnot normally spend something like six hours a day together or four hours a day together now that has now gone up on average is 16 hours a day oh. Which is huge when you think about it, you know, because bear in mind the amount of hours you sleep, etc. Yeah. But you now spend in three more, th- three times the time you spend with your family normally in this current <laughs> climate, which is remarkable. So. And you got teenagers as well, so. I... <laughs> yeah, I have, I have, but in in credit to them. Um, they have entertained themselves. Um, they have been bollocked repeatedly <laughs> for certain things. But it's just the banality and the silly questions that crucify me. And it's like, how do I do this? And it's like, well, do you know the last time you did that and you did what you needed to do? Why are you asking me that same question again? So it's just trying to balance everything, isn't it? Welcome so. to my day job. 
I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to say to the listeners regarding my day job, but I am, <laughs> I, I am missing doing what I do, which says an awful lot. Especially when there's nothing wrong with you as well. So, yeah. but there we are. But there we are. Are we keeping mine anyway? I'm all good, but I'm all good. All good. Now we are talking Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Now I forgot this was out in 1984. It was indeed. Um, this was the first indie I saw in the cinema. Um, having been a little bit too young, probably to have seen Raiders. Um, but yeah, uh, 1984, which at least we forget, was a pretty good year for films. And, um, yes. You know, the most notable being uh, Ghostbusters, yeah. um, Beverly Hills Cop. Yes. Um, off the top of my head, they those two stick out for being eighty four. Um, it was a certain David Lynch sci fi masterclass came out in nineteen eighty four. Yes, uh, that we we covered on episode number whatever. Yes, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, and Sting, like, and, and Sting is still shit. Sting is still shit. Sting is indeed still shit. Um, yeah, uh, oh, Gremlins. Gremlins, yeah, 1984. Yeah, Splash. absolutely. Splash. Do you know what? People do not give Splash enough credit. I, I don't know, see, because I think, certainly of our, of our generation, I think we loved, we loved it as a kid. But when we, it's one of those ones, I think when you go back as an adult to watch, you appreciate how funny a film it is. Yes. And it is extremely funny. And it's not just down to... Having John Candy and Tom Hanks and Darren Hannah and Eugene Levy, it's just the film is as a whole is an extremely, extremely funny, funny film. Yeah, well, here's another one. You know, Red Dawn. <laughs> I love Red Dawn. It's just the most ridiculous film, Wolverines, um, <laughs> ever, ever. Yeah, yeah. Dude, ever. funny you, you bring up Red Dawn. I watched for the first time in an age, and I think I texted you to say I was watching it. I watched uh, Point Break with uh, Patrick Swayze and Keanu yeah. Reeves. I've I've loved that film since the day it was released. I don't think I've ever appreciated it as much as I did when I watched it last week because I, I think I just let sequences pass me by. I'm not yeah, giving yeah, yeah, any yeah. thought. But I think because of, I'm, I'm so much more interested in the filmmaking process now to actually see how they did. I mean, the foot chase through the alleyways and the houses is astonishing. It is. You, for, you, you forget that Johnny Utah gets attacked by a dog thrown <laughs> at him and a housewife beating him literally with the broom. Yes. And, you know, that's before falling and damaging his knee. I mean, it is a remarkable film. It's so... So well made. It's well, fantastic. If you, you know, look at in 1984, right? So obviously we got Ghostbusters. We say we got Ghostbusters, right? We we get Amadeus, which is which is an amazing film. You get the first Nightmare on Elm Street. Right? Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Um, it's get, not. It's not. The, it's not the best Elm Street film, though. No, it's not the best Elm Street, but it's still. It's yeah. brilliant. It's, yeah. it's still brilliant. It's not the yeah. best one. We get 1984, right? You get uh, the Killing Fields. You get these incredible films, right? However, you know we you get um, Once Upon a Time in America. Yeah. However, you then get 
Break into electric boogaloo. <laughs> Cannonball run two. <laughs> Revenge of the nerds. <laughs> and you know the you know um uh, oh um ah it's gone ah purple rain prince if i'm right which i should be because prince is one of my idols the only film soundtrack and single all to be number one at the same time yes and he won an oscar for he it did. as well yeah he did he did. But the film terrible is terrible. Film. Terrible, terrible film. Terrible film. Terrible film. The, film. the soundtrack is just it's, it's all time top ten for me. It's, it really is. It's not the best Prince album either, but for me, it's just astonishing. If you yeah. want, it's it's like you want if you want the best of an artist, Purple Rain. Yeah, yeah, Parade's better. I'm not saying it isn't. Sign of the Times is better. I'm not saying otherwise. Love Sex, you could argue. The purple rain is it's iconic me, isn't it it's iconic oh, it's amazing so speaking of iconic yes Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom of course the sequel to Raiders now this was directed uh, by somebody called Stephen Spellberg you did this in the last yeah episode, I did I got to make so directed by Steven Spielberg it was written by well here's the thing I always thought that George Lucas had written the screenplay for it he didn't he only wrote the story for it mm. yeah and it was written by uh, Willard Hire, uh, Huck yeah Huck and yeah. Gloria Katz yeah and um, it starred of course Harrison Ford Kate yes Capshaw yes. Kay Yong Kuhn uh, yeah uh, also he also goes by Jonathan Kuhn as well yeah. Um, a short round. Uh, Amish Puri uh, as Mola Ram. Uh, you get uh, Roshan Seth, who's really good at this. Now, Philip Stone. What else was Philip Stone in? <laughs> he plays no Captain Blumbert in this one. What right. Was he in? Oh, was he in Zulu? No. No, I just. He was in The Shining. Was he the was he the, the the guy in the at the toilets? He, he is the um, he's the guy you know um, he is the guy behind the bar. Is uh, the actual barman? Is yeah, he? he is. No, no, not the barman. Not the barman. Um, he's in the toilets. He oh, plays. He plays yeah, he plays the original. Um, he's like the caretaker. Oh, the the the, janitor, the original janitor. Yes, he, he's Grady. Oh right. He's Grady. I don't know how how on earth did I forget Grady. From from that, yeah, but yeah, it's um, you know I remember the fact that Cannibal Run Two was released in 1984, but I couldn't remember the the actor who played <laughs> in, in one of the most influential. Now here's the other one is Roy Chow. Now Roy Chow was also in what classic Jean Claude Van Damme film? <laughs> Wrong person to be asking about Jean Claude Van Damme's discography, uh, filmography rather. Come on, uh, what was he in? Bloodsport. Yes. <laughs> what 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 a random guess that was. Um he was uh he, he played Tanaka um Van Damme's teacher sensei Shidoshi whatever you want to call him. Um yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he did. And he does a much better job in this one than he did in Bloodsport to be fair to him but then I suppose he's working with a better quality of uh, uh, well yes. Yeah, anyway yeah. 
So this one, we are following Indy's adventure, uh, following an accident in, uh, or a, not an accident, I suppose, um, a misunderstanding in a Singapore nightclub. Yeah, um, a bit of an a bit of an unusual uh, step for what I don't think was initially a franchise, was it? No, Raiders, you know, sort of came out and sort of blew everybody away because of the, the, the caper that it is. And yeah. I think we've talked about enough about Raiders previously not to do a podcast dedicated to it. Um, but Templar Doom sort of took an unusual step in being a story about or one of the adventures involving Indiana yes. Jones, didn't it? And it's obviously, and it's very well known, it's actually set before Raiders. Yeah, and it's so Shanghai, it, sorry, not Singapore. Yeah, and, um, you know, it, it, this, the, 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 the story is, is that George Lucas didn't want to fight Indiana to fight Nazis again. And um, changed his mind to the third one, obviously, but... Um, yeah, and uh, and then that, that's the end of the series. Yeah, that's correct. I've got the, my, my DVDs... Um, box set you know contains all three films yes. and it has a fourth disc of bonus materials yes so and that's the know, way it should be it, it's no that's the way it is yes yes so um <laughs> um yeah and i i i i i'm i'm always fascinated and we've said this kind of god knows how many times about the idea and the kernel of, of you know how you, you make a now iconic character and you put them in a different situation yeah and how they did there and it's i don't think <laughs> this film is tempered with a lot of your favorite word controversy yeah. because um this there other there are things about this film that are hugely problematic in the current climb um <laughs> Even when it came out, it was um, controversial. Um, yeah. I mean, the and... simpl- simplest way to look at it is it's sort of like, for, you know, for a lot of people in terms of sort of, you know, if we just look at the, the sort of the level of violence that's in it and how dark this film becomes, it's, it's you know, it's often, um, you know, I think it's a gateway drug for a lot of uh, people's, you know, it's step into horror. Well, now, when I, when I was watching it, obviously making my notes and the thoughts down, I, 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 one of my notes actually says Spielberg really knows how to shoot a scary sequence. Oh, he did absolutely. It, he's done it repeatedly, isn't he? He's done it in Jurassic Park, he's done it in Jaws. Yeah. Um, I, I know a lot of people say, well, he didn't shoot Poltergeist, Toby Hooper did that. But, um, you know, Spielberg's fingerprints are all over Poltergeist and yeah. you know and I know Spielberg himself came out and said no no Toby shot there I was just the producer you know I may have said why do you do this why do you do that but the thing is Spielberg himself though can shoot horror amongst the very very best oh, absolutely. And, and to get away with what they did in this film which at the end of the day is a family <laughs> a family affair right is unreal well I mean and, this is the First, stop. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is this and Gremlins are the first PG-13 films. It, the, the, it was created as a result of those two films because when both were submitted to the um, MPAA in America, 
they returned with not a PG-13. So I think I, I'm, I'm assuming the process is the filmmakers submit um, what they think the rating should be, yeah. and then they come back then with their recommendations. Yeah. And this came back as as an R rating, which would me- meant that anybody under 15, I think, 15, is it? I think it is, yes. Um, wouldn't have been able to see it without a, without a period or guardian. Um, and it was like, well, hang on now, this is, you know, there's one use of bad language in the film. Yes, there are scary moments. Yes, admittedly, somebody gets their heart ripped out in front of them, you know. And then and, dropped into a volcano. Yes, but, you know. Right and, still and, alive. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I think we can forgo the, the child abuse and the children being whipped. Yes. You know, you know, and, truly, truly, there and should the be somewhat a, racist undertones and depictions it, of uh, yeah. particular, <laughs> particular. Yeah, you know, surely that should be parental guidance only, yes. isn't it? And they yeah. turned around and they said no. So I think they went back, and um, I th- I don't know who proposed the introduction of the new rating, um, but it, it was introduced. Yeah. It would take the UK to introduce a similar rating. Five years later, yeah, with the release of Tim Burton's Batman, yes, um, which is crazy because if I remember correctly, and I might be, I think I'm right, Indy was PG when it was released over here without yeah. any cuts. No, no, no cuts at all. Gremlins was 15 when yeah. it was released over here, yeah, which is well, hang on now. <laughs> I, there isn't bad language in Gremlins. Yes, there are some pretty inventive deaths in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I, you know, there's no human sacrifice. There's no, no. living, beating hearts being pulled out of somebody's <laughs> chest that burst into flames. That burst into flames, and then somebody dropped into lava. I mean, there isn't, you know, any of that level of violence. You know, and like but... a child, you know, a childhood idol <laughs> suddenly. <clears throat> Becoming possessed, yeah. by the you know by the black sleep of Carly, yeah. and looking like and, he's about to murder a child. Yeah, and the, and but no, Gremlins is fifteen. Yeah, and Indy was a PG, and wow. Yes, wouldn't would not happen though. No, I don't think so. However, do you know what? I'd forgotten how good the opening sequence to this is. It's mm. superb. And I'm a big Cole Porter fan anyway. Because I'm a little bit flamboyant in that way. But well, in terms of any sort of... In terms of sort of musicality or musicals... Because, of course, Spielberg has just wrapped up um, his, his, his version, his remake of West Side Story. Um, this is absolutely superb. And it absolutely captures that feel you know the fact this you know it's called porter some you know anything goes it captures that absolutely super it's, it's, it's a wonderful sequence it's so well shot i'm gonna disagree with you totally. oh here we go come on then only because um we each each indiana films opens with that paramount logo and it yeah. fades in doesn't it yeah fades in brilliantly in this in fairness to the to the the um the guy with the gong the, the, the gong isn't it right and then it 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 turns into like this busby berkeley yeah sing-along sequence and whatnot right and when it comes out to the nightclub and it goes into the the can-can dancers yeah. and all the rest i was and 
not that it's ever really sort of made an impression on me previously, but it, because this we were doing this, I purposely would sat down and watch it. And I watched it and I went, what the fuck is this going to do with the guy with the fedora? <laughs> right? And, it, and then it... And, it does a it does a, a quite brilliant thing really in when they when they do like the the, the can can uh, dancers in a line doing the splits and then reversing it and having them come back the dancers come up behind them and then coming back around to introducing back into the nightclub yeah. you know I thought that yeah that that's quite clever but the thing is the sort of the juxtaposition between you know, a fantasy sequence into, like, you know, what is an action fantasy film. And look, I know it's a fantasy, right? But I was like, oh, my God, it didn't work for me. And I was like, I can see the craft to it, but I don't like it. Yeah, I get I get, I get where you're coming from. But I think what I love about it is the, it is the total juxtaposition to the opening of Raiders. Now, the yeah. op- opening of Raiders is so iconic. And it's, it's yeah. very, very dark. It's yeah. very, very, mis- very, very sort of mysterious. Yeah. Then it's, the, it's, only, it's, the only options you've got really to do is you either go darker, which to be fair, and I, think, I think the only way he could probably go darker is, I don't know, if he killed a child with a sledgehammer at the beginning or something. But <laughs> to go then, you know, is to go the complete opposite of it and have this very, very glitzy, very glamorous nightclub scene, which then descends into sort of, a fairly violent encounter where he throws the flaming shish kebab through the gun. <laughs> yeah. After after um, Dennis Yip has been shot, isn't it, with the, yeah. the, um, yeah. the champagne being corked and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't get me wrong. After that, the title sequence, then, shall we call it? Yeah. After that, it does very become very much an indie film, you know, with a with a crossing and a double crossing. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> antidote. Right and all of that with it, right, and it becomes this cha- this chaotic action sequence that you know the ice being spilled yeah. across the floor, yeah. you know, and it, it and you know that that the, the accident after the accident after the accident, yeah. and you know it's classic Spielberg, isn't it? You oh, know, frenetic yeah. energy, you know, but um, I think like like you say, you know, other than to, oh, it, and at least we forget, Temple of Doom is. Between this and say Empire Strikes Back and perhaps even Godfather Two, the dark one, yeah. you know, the, the, the sequel is darker than the first, right? Yeah. Um, it it almost it's one of those ones that keyed, you know, or, or sort of introduced that that term perfectly. Um, it, you know, it goes from all that pizzazz and that fizz to this, you know, set piece, set piece, set piece that you know Raiders is renowned for, is yeah. that, that Indiana Jones films are renowned for. Um. It also pretty quickly introduces the screeching and screaming <laughs> of Mrs. Spielberg. Now, <laughs> truth be told, who I did I or did I not text you saying I don't know if I can watch this because I don't know if I can cope with all the screeching <laughs> throughout the film. And it's not as much as I, I remember it. However, when the screeching starts, yeah. It's horrific. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 proper nails down a chalkboard. It's it's it quint it's quint in jaws, yeah. isn't it, right? <laughs> just it just is. put quint just put that in instead of all that screeching. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, it works in parts of the film, right? But 
Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, in fairness to Kate Capshaw, mind you, she did come out and say that actually she has a real problem with with the character itself because essentially it does become the damsel in distress. And um, my wife summed it up perfectly as the character's a twat. <laughs> Well, which I, I can't. I, which I, which it, it's just it just sort of goes okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, you but know, she's, I, you know, she's, she's. Well, you know, when she realizes she's not part of the equation anymore, she's quite happy to go along with this complete stranger, and you know, quickly soon realizes that the lifestyle that she's been living, the rather high lifestyle that yes. she's living, it isn't going to exist anymore. But. Yeah, she 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 is extremely one-dimensional, isn't she? Oh yeah, she? absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Now, what's the name of the club at the beginning? Oh come on, who? Come on! How? how all right, yes, yeah, Club Obi Wan. Yes, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Who's the guy who, who who meets him when the car arrives and takes him to the airplane? Oh, uh, no. Really? Yeah. No, gone. Who was it? Oh. It's Dr. Raymond Stance. Oh, fuck yeah, yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. Ah, he, there we are. I he literally is blinking, you miss it, but he does have a conversation with Indy. That's it is right. Very much, That's it is right, very yeah. much Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. And, you know, um, and I think one of the planes, now we're getting into little tidbits, one of the plain codes on the side of his... Is, oh, is that in Raiders? It's Raiders. It's Raiders. Yeah, it's Raiders, yeah. Do you know what I... It's one of my favourite guards is in this, though. Where Indy gets on the... You know, he gets, there's the big chase. You know, you've got um, the... You know, oh, um, Lao Che is there with his cronies. They're all stopping and watching it. And Indy waves him goodbye. <laughs> yeah. And he closes the door. And then his name is across the... Yeah. It's just absolute. <laughs> but that's the one thing that I genuinely love about... Uh, particularly, you know, obviously, you know, the character of Indiana Jones is whenever he gets smug, whenever he gets a little bit too cocky about it, there's always something to bring him back. Yes. Knock back him down, back down. Knock yeah. him back to earth. And, yeah. that's, and I think that is something that is just absolute, which is credit, you know, so you get that moment in this, you know, the fact that, you know, he does, he's never just that one punch knockout artist that you yeah. see, you know, he's not a one man army, you know, he's, um, you know, he's, you know, you can see it, he gets beaten up all the time. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 I skipped a little bit too far ahead and I think the introduction of short known is, um, is pretty brilliant as well. Yeah. Albeit that short run just happens to be driving past as he falls out of a window of a, of a nightclub off the Skills. canopy into the roof, you know. Skills. And he, 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 goes, he comes out with that astonishingly brilliant line. And he goes, Okie dokie, Dr. Jones, hold on to your potatoes. Yeah. And <laughs> put, put down. Yeah. With, with like the kids building blocks yeah. on, his, on his soles of his shoes. like, yeah. And it's brilliant. And you know, the part where he drops again and she picks it up and burns it yeah, and throws yeah. it away and all the rest, you know. Yeah. And it is, and it is that 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 that, that moment after moment, that momentum keeps going and going and going. Yeah. Yeah. And I... um look, Harrison Ford was it's mental to think. 
Tom Selleck was was Indiana Jones until he decided he wanted to go live in Hawaii for for six months of the year to make a TV show, which I think we can all say, thank Whew. you, Tom. Take him off the team there, Tom. Take him off the team. However, he did. Was it uh, Highway to Highway to India? Was this his version of it? He made his own. He made like an Indiana Jones light version. I think it's like Highway to India or something like that. No, no. I I was going to say something else entirely. I realised who's in it, and fuck, fuck, I didn't say it out loud. That's all I'm going to say. What's it called? What was the? It'll come to me. It'll come to me anyway. So, I mean, this is, you know, this film is... And one of the things that I absolutely love about... Obviously, it's set before Raiders. Yeah. Um, and you get the sort of... You get all the... You still get the sort of the madcapness about it all. Um, but it's the, t- the attention to detail and the, peri- the, the attention to period detail. Like the way in which that, you know, the, you know, it's they're just shoved onto a cargo plane, mm. and then you get the classic line, the red yeah. line as it flies across, yeah. and then you know you get them leaping out of the plane in the inflatable. Look again, flights of fancy, suspension of belief is vital when making or watching films. We all know that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, be careful what you say now. I think. This, this out of the three, yeah, probably probably pushes the limit about as much as it can be pushed. I mean, <laughs> in as much that a fall from an airplane in a life raft, having to land on the side of a mountain in the water, down down a waterfall and survive. Well played. Go you, go t- go, Team Jones! Right? Are you trying to say that's that that's not credible? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I, I'm I'm sorry. It. I know it's indie. I know it's Spielberg. I, it's just. I don't know. It just. It's great fun and it, it, it to watch and appreciate and everything that goes along with it, right? Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I, you know, I, I absolutely. It is total escapism. It yeah, is, it, it is, is total escapism. It is, and this one obviously delves into the darker heart of it, and there's far more fantastical elements to it. But then, there is something about Temple of Doom that you go back. You know, when you go back and you watch it, you are you're transported, and I think you've got to be you've got to be in the right frame of mind. I think. And you you kind of transported to that sort of that place where you know you can just switch your brain off and enjoy it. Yeah, I can see that, and I I I, I think I I, think, I can't say right. I I don't enjoy this film. It's just I don't know why. But compared to uh, Raiders and compared to the Last Crusade, this has always been the one that was nobody's first choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and. Whether it's down to subject matter, whether it's down to um, whatever it may be, right? But the thing is, I'm I struggle to say I'd, I'd watch this over Ray. Ray doesn't watch any day. Oh yeah, Ray, you, no, <laughs> right. Without question, without right? question, you take you you take Ray, Ray does, you know 
over members of your family in some cases. But... Absolutely, absolutely. But and and and, and truth be told, Last Crusade is fantastic, and we've said this oh, before. I think it's wonderful. Some a lot. Well, there's a lot of people out there who prefer the Last Crusade to Raiders, and you know I can sort of see why. I yeah. can sort of see why, right? But Temple of Doom. Um, I don't know. There's, there's things that don't work in it for me personally. Not you. For me personally, there's things in it that don't work. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I think the thing that really sort of, I mean, Indiana Jones has got its sort of its, its origins in the pulp, the pulp novel that you know. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, yeah. Um, Doc, you know, the Doc Savage kind of, um, kind of, kind of adventurer, yeah. hero sort of. You know um, that kind of thing for me, but I lo- the fact that I think this one has more of those pulp elements to it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and look, don't get me wrong, I'm fully aware that, the, that at the end of Raiders, all the ghosts of the Ark come out and kill all the Nazis. I'm aware at the end of the Last Crusade that an Athelian knight turns up, right? But yet, I can't take seriously. I'm jumping out of a plane in a knife raft. <laughs> I can't. I, I, mean, I can't. I can accept a guy having his heart ripped out of his chest whilst he's still alive and being burnt alive. I can accept that. Yeah. But I can't accept a Busby Berkeley and uh, and, uh, and somebody jumping out of a plane. I mean, what the fuck does that say about Dude, me, man? I, I mean, gotta come just, on. Going to have to pause here for two seconds. Stay on the line. Something's happening downstairs. I'll be back in two seconds. Just hang on. All right, hang on. All right. It is at this point in the show I would like to mention that no bumblebees were harmed during the making of this podcast. Now back to your regular program. Yeah. Fuck. Wah. <laughs> Big fucking hairy, hairy cunt as well. He was. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, we're back. Woo. I'm gonna leave that in. <laughs> Big hairy cunt. Anyway, <laughs> oh, honestly, a bit freaked out by that. We had a bumblebee crisis. It's huge. Got to look after the bees, though. Got to well, look after the bees. Uh, we noticed too that um, the when, when the sun has moved around, it's hit the car outside my house, and it's coming through the blinds. Yeah, and, and I can't. You look like Colonel Kurtz. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered why. That's the reason why you've shaved your hair. No, so you can mate, sit there. No. no. Yeah. Madness. Madness. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, Cara, um, we've covered flying uh, rubber dinghy. Um, so, now, we get in, you know, when they actually get into India, um, and they come over the top of the Himalayas, and to be fair, mind you, they don't stick around in the cold in the Himalayas for too long, do they? Well, (laughs) again, is that um, story necessity rather than, you know, having to travel all of that distance to get to to your storytelling point in the quickest? Ah, It's just the easiest way to do it, isn't it? I suppose. I yeah, suppose. we're here yeah. now. We're here now. And then, of course, they come across the um, the the impoverished village. Yes. Um, yes, they do. Now, what's interesting about that? The guy, like the, the village elder, 
<laughs> for that. Didn't the, the actual actor didn't speak any English at all? Right. And he had his lines. He had to say his lines phonetically. And like when he's speaking, there's like lots of pauses in that scene, and actually they work out quite well for like um, dramatic effect. Right. Actually, it's him waiting for his lines as Steven Spielberg feeds him his lines off camera. Right, right. Um, it, it, it's, I'm glad you brought up language, actually, because how many languages does Indiana Jones speak? Whatever he wants to. He's like Johnny Five. <laughs> Do you mean C-3PO? Ah, Johnny Five is better. Input, input. Uh, <laughs> um because I, I I counted, he speaks German. He does. He speaks. Uh, he speaks Chinese. Chinese. He speaks Indian. He does, but not he only knows... does he speaks Indian, he speaks a, a dialect of Indian. Well, well, this is what I was coming. This is what I was coming to because there's a, there's various dialects, isn't there, within India? Yeah. You know, um, he speaks. Um, um, Arabic, 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 yeah. In, in, uh, yeah. Latin, in, Latin, yes, because Latin. He's, he's speaking Latin with his father. Yeah. So that's five languages, and not particularly easy ones. So let's just assume he speaks Mandarin as well. Why you know, not? chuck that in there. Why not? And but does he speak Welsh? Well, that's the no, thing. No, his grasp of Wenglish is. Uh... Now, if you know, if he was confronted by somebody saying "you three are a right pair," if I ever saw one, he'd be fired. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who's caught as that jacket, but exactly? We be there in a minute now. You know, that's the where were you going one. when I saw you two on the bus going to town? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <coughs> good like that. We are yeah, good like that. Yeah, we are good like that one. Yeah, talking on the door. Talking, oh my god, Talk, just, just visions now of everybody around the world who's not obviously in the valleys or here. So, visions of everybody clutching tightly, fingers dug into their front door, swinging, just having a conversation with each other, yeah, yeah, and clean <laughs> and clean in the front step as well. Oh, hey, see her down the road, never cleans that step. <laughs> Why? I, I don't know, I, I honestly don't know, I honestly don't know, anyway. anyway, um, anyway. That bee has totally thrown me. I gotta be honest. <laughs> totally. But thrown like, me. but but like the hero that you are, you abandoned your post. I did. I honestly save... thought I was gonna need a bullwhip, mind you. <laughs> to, you know, and to save the damsel in distress. Oh, she's absolutely fine. It was just absolutely, you know, she just you know, you know, by a dog do you embark yourself. So if anybody's gonna get stung, it's gonna be Muggins. You. So... <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I'm so glad she doesn't listen to every episode. Anyway, <laughs> so my wife hasn't listened to one, and I know that for a fact. <laughs> uh, now, <sighs> this is obviously where some of the criticism for this film came in: is its sort of depiction of mm. um, Indian culture. Yeah. And um, and like this idea of its portrayal of Hinduism and those kind of things, um, and it's like idea you know its depiction of the god Kali and all those kind of things. Now, I think it has a point, but at the same time, there is a big part of me that thinks, oh, well, I don't know. 
Um, do you know what I, I, I when I was watching it, I, I was thinking would perhaps because they, there's, there's an element of voodoo brought into it, isn't it as yeah, well? Is yeah, there, there right? Is, yeah. And it, I, it got me wondering. Then I can understand from a from a from a, a globe trotting perspective, right? Yeah. That. The need then to put Indy in foreign clowns to show yeah. that he is so adept in culture and he knows <clears throat> how people live, how to adapt, how to <clears throat> to bring himself in and you know not stand out. Then right, surely they could have done this in uh, New Orleans instead. Then you know, and, and it, it, I know that Live and Let Die was. Perhaps nine, or perhaps even ten years before it, yeah, isn't it? You know, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. tapping into that voodoo culture, then, right? Yeah. But then, if you take it back even earlier again, yeah, and perhaps, perhaps it was too too near it, you know, for it to go to to, to go back and look at doing it and and, and invest in that um, that, that 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 mythology, then, and, yeah. you know, expand it for the Indiana Jones universe, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, rather than you know do it the other side of the world and potentially upset a massive film market because ultimately that and it is. And, I think and the film did actually get banned, didn't it? In it India. did um, for a number of years. Yeah, yeah, because uh-huh. of that portrayal. And of course, colonialism came into it again, didn't it? You know, yeah. and... Yeah, and I mean, like, the big uh, one of the other big things is, of course, is the famous banquet scene. Yeah, yeah. And as as has been well documented... There was there was outrage over um, you know this this this, this depiction of um, what's what's the right word the, 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 not the crudeness because that's um, of the the um, well it's quite the, insensitive it, isn't it it's quite an yeah. insensitive portrayal of this idea yeah. that actually you know, look at these funny foreigners eating this funny foreign food yeah and, and it and, was handled you know. I mean, as kids, it's one of those scenes when you see it and you're like, oh, oh. Yeah. but actually it's yeah, it's it's quite insensitive. Yeah, and look, at this very moment in time and date, the world is in the middle, of, is in a pandemic owing to the eating habits, allegedly, of people in a different part of the world. And, yeah. you know, we as, 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 as a, as a, as a civilised, and I'm using inverted commas, Culture. We don't eat uh, um, the meats that are eaten in different parts of the world. We don't do that. Yeah. But you know, delicacies around the world are different, and God yeah. forbid, you know, we, we like-minded people wouldn't go out of our way to eat chilled monkey brain <laughs> or you know a bug and etc etc but you know people do it it's a tourist yeah. trap isn't it you well, know I mean, and i think the other thing that people sort of had a big problem about it is just how inaccurate it is yeah and i think and... that was the bit and i mean i know we talked about you know it's that idea that people you know because obviously if you eat raw eels it will kill you because actually it's, it's toxic of course um, it is um you know and it's that sort of um i think it's that kind of idea that sort of uh we're showing this you know because let's not forget and I think it's all you know. People, you know, lots of you know the the vast. There's a, a an idea of the sort of um, not vast because I'm trying to sort of word this correctly. Um, a large part of Hinduism is vegetarianism. Absolutely, and yeah, and this is something I was going to come to. Is, is it's that you know when they arrive at the village, 
you know, they're offered food to eat. And Indy says, you know, this is more than these people eat in a week. Yeah, yeah. And she's, you know, the, the, <coughs> oh, <excuse me. coughs> the, the very snobbish about it and <coughs> saying that, um, you know, she doesn't want it. Yeah. Thank you very much. You eat it, you know, and you're going to offend me and you're going to make, you're offending me as well. Yeah. I'm offending them, you're offending me. And, you know, and as you say, the the, 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 the diet is very much vegetarian. But it's, it's funny, isn't it? It's only when it's get to the, the, the palace that this grand op, um, opulence suddenly comes into frame, doesn't it? You know, yeah. given the, the, the stark realities of, of the poor and the rich. Um, not saying that that didn't happen amongst, you know, it, well, it happens in every country, doesn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. But, but to sort of hammer that home is... Especially for a filmmaker like Spielberg, is very heavy-handed, isn't he? You know. Yeah, and I think I think the idea of it was, um, is that it's to show there is something not right in the palace. It was, you know, I think it's there to sort of show that you know there is this darker element, there is darker, you know, there's darker magic at play. And yeah. I think that sort of idea of the sort of um, something isn't right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um... It's, and, and, and not only that, it's um, it's, the, it's the grotesqueness of the people participating as well. Absolutely, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. You They're know, opulently dressed. And, yeah, yeah, and the, the relish of it all as yeah, well, isn't yeah, it? You yeah. know, everything is flamboyantly eaten and everything is, you know, hanging the live mouse above the yeah, yeah. mouth almost, isn't it? You yeah. know, and it, it, it's, it's very, most unusually, very um, heavy-handedness. Um, and, and that, I think that's that's where it's 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 rounded for its criticism, you know. And yeah, don't get, don't get me wrong. That again, I can't say I dislike the film because I don't dislike the film. I like the film. Yeah, but it's I think when you compare to Indy to the Last Crusade, and they they sort of. Yeah, they, they, it's about fighting the Nazis at the end of the day. Yeah, right? well, you've got the, the biggest evil of all time, isn't it? Absolutely right. But the thing is, that's done in such... Um, yeah, it's got its fantasy elements in it. It has got its, you know, its, its rollicking set pieces. And, yes. You know, that the boulder coming down and all the rest. But don't get me wrong, within this film, you have those set reasons. For example, the mineshaft sequence is fantastic. Oh, it's... It, it, and that's where this film really gets back on track, doesn't it? Yeah, and I, just before that, you know, when Indy's um, possessed, isn't he, right? Yes. Um, he's under the influence. And, um, you know, he, he, he hits um, short round, isn't he? And yeah. sends him to the floor and just a short round instinctively. I love you, Dr. Jones. You yeah. Know, and, you know, and it burns him to sort of snap himself back into it, isn't it? Yeah. Right? And after that, they have the exchange of the hats. Yes. And he gives him his baseball cap and he gives him his fedora, right? And then after that, there's the liberation of the children. It is that fucking brilliant shot, which is all timer, right? Yeah. Where the minecart is coming up and Indy's just standing in shadow, but he comes into frame off the torch of the front yeah. of the Minecraft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, right, as soon as that came on screen, you're like, I'm back in Indy. Yeah. This is Indy absolutely. now. Absolutely. And all, all, all of the, the three Indiana Jones films was shot by the same cinematographer, Douglas Slocum. Yes. And Last Crusade was the last film he ever made because his eyesight was failing him. Yeah. But he, and he was renowned 
forsøgt den i Elan Comedy, som var Ja, ja, ja. Så er det vel også film, som jeg actually shot Robert Redford, uh, Great Gatsby. Men mm. uh, um, the thing is, Douglas Locum, he maintained those, do you know, like you were saying about like the um, the plane taking off and the red light. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And the transition. A lot of that was down to, you know, um, uh, Douglas Locum, uh, Michael Kahn, who edited the films yeah. as well, and Spielberg all going, like, we want to work, look like this. So that's yeah. why the films look the way they yeah. do. And they have that singularity. Yeah. You are in the Indiana Jones universe, be it Raiders, Temple, or Last yeah. Crusade. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, it's um, and, and and that's when it it suddenly comes back into focus. And I tell you what I love about uh, Temple of Doom is it um, in the in the, the fight sequence. In, in, jump me back. I'm only bringing it up now because of the re- the liberation of the children, right? Yeah, yeah. Is when when Indy's having a fight, the the foley sounds right of the oh, guns being shot yeah. and the punches being thrown, and they're in every indie film. Yeah. The sounds are the same. Those sounds are just... It's like the, it's like a sledgehammer being it, isn't it? You know, it's the, it's the, like it is, you know, I know, it's iconic. It's iconic. It, it's, it's as iconic as a lightsaber being switched on. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. And, it's, and you sort of... You know that great moment in it where you get short round. Who's you know he's fighting with the uh, with the Maharaja and he's sort of you know they're cutting back and forth to him and Indy. It's a wonderful scene. It's a re- I know, I don't, you know you know it's it's a great sort of it's a great moment. Yeah, you know, and it's 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 that sort of it's a real adventure. Yes, moment. and and this is where it comes back into being indie, you know, and and the aesthetic of indie. You know, it's Absolutely. all about you know. It's all about all right. If you've got to save the girl, you're going to save the girl. But you've got to do something else as well as as that. Yeah. And 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 Kihei Kwan, um, or date that is, he's probably known to a lot, a lot yeah, of other people yeah. as well, and from the Goonies. Um, this was his first film, right? And the thing is, the chemistry looks instant, doesn't it? You know, he beat out six thousand other kids at the audition for this part. And, it, and he didn't audition. He didn't. He ran along with his brother because it yeah. was an open audition. He wasn't going to audition, but he yeah. auditioned. And after being asked, because his brother did it, they asked him, and he was the one to get called back all the time. Yeah. And it, the chemistry between them is fantastic, and it, it makes it makes me a little sad that we never saw him in in another film, really. Because all right, perhaps he realised perhaps I shouldn't be, you know. Picking up this kid off the street in Shanghai, yeah, right. you, know? <laughs> you know, a little bit questionable, you know. But um, yeah, you know, it's it's just it's, what it's is the line it's that he has? I caught him. Yeah, I caught him trying to steal from me. You yeah. know, you know, and he, I, I, and it, in so many words, I rescued him. But the yeah. thing is, Indiana Jones is always going to go back to America, isn't he? You know. Yeah. And I, I know there's little things that Short Round says about going to America and do it in the film. Yeah, but it would have it would have been nice, perhaps, say in the last crusade to see him that little bit older. He pops up, yeah. You know, just popping up. You know, just making sure that he's all right and all the rest. But yeah. um, sounds yeah, like a good album it's... title, on it. Whatever happened to Short Round? <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, um, you throw me now. That's quite good. But um, it's basically, and I, I think it's highlighted during the card sequence as well. Oh, you it's know, a brilliant. With... Do you know, and that scene is improvised. That scene is completely... Was it? Impro- yeah, it's, it was completely improvised between the two of them. And it was that idea, you know, all the dialogue, and particularly where they both start speaking in Chinese and back and forth to each other, that is act, that, that scene was completely improvised. Yeah. Like, they had the idea of it, and they just went back and forth 
with it, which is absolutely, which I think is fantastic and shows what a wonderful, versatile young actor he is. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and he's, he, you know, he's not afraid of anything, despite the obvious, you know, height disadvantage he has with, you know, especially those um, those thuggy, you know, guards and whatnot, you know. Yeah, just, yeah. Right? But the thing is, he, he's not scared and he's not frightened. But he, he also has that um, that wide eyed innocence that he can't, he, you know, he, 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 he's not afraid to be scared and he's not afraid to. Um, yeah. And um, I, one of my favourite moments with him is when he leans against the wall and he's after he's been told, don't touch anything. Yeah. And he leans against the wall and he pushes the brick in. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. I didn't touch anything. It's just, it's yeah. such a good moment. And that's, that's, that's classic Spielberg again, though, isn't it? You know, those little, those little incident incidental moments you know um and and, and again I'm, I'm i'm gutted that he wasn't sort of brought back in a capacity just to sort of check in with him yeah and, and, again we'll go back to that that card sequence when willie's having a screaming fit and everything yeah there, there is a lovely nod to raiders albeit that it's a precursor to the raiders is yeah. when the snake comes down over her shoulder yeah yeah and he, he literally does that Shit scared. I'm afraid of snakes, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. you and you know, probably not at the time. But some people might not have realised that this was set before Raiders. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? People don't, and I think that sometimes confuses people. Is that it is? It, you know, obviously, I suppose it's technically a prequel. Well, it is. You know, it's it is a prequel, but and there's you know, it's that sort of it's it's the pre-Raiders moment. You know, it's yeah, um, yeah, but but. In some respects, then it doesn't work, does it? Because yeah. especially, especially when the two guards turn up and they pull out their swords and they're both doing whatever they're doing. Yeah, you know, they, they, they're, they're showing off and all the rest. And he goes for the gun and it's not there. Yes, you know. So in one respect, like you know, oh, in the future, he's always going to remember keep his gun by his side. Yeah, but he doesn't. It's that. But, that. <laughs> but you know, in that instant, uh, yeah, you know, look, I'm being picky. I'm being picky. Yeah. Now. The other person who pops up in this, and I think he's such he's a and I think he's a fantastic stunt guy, is Pat Roach. Yeah, yeah. Um, he pops up as the you know as the, as the sort of the main, the main sort of thuggy guard, uh, yeah. bodyguard type thing. It, it honestly, yeah. it it is absolutely, and they, they make him even more evil, don't they? When he's whipping the kids. Yes. It, yeah, and for those who, if it, and if you're listening to this, we don't know who he is. Well. Why are you listening? But <laughs> Pat Roach was in Raiders of the Lost Ark. He yeah. was the German guard who he had a fist fight with by yeah. the side of the helicopter of the plane, sorry. Yeah. And who met a rather grisly demise. Yes. He's got a bigger role in uh, Temple of Doom um, as the guard, the head guard, then shall yeah. we call him. Yeah. Um, and he has a, a Pretty good death step again within the. Oh, it's, it's superb, and again the noise of the of that punch of, of that yeah. is is amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. Which, which is the worst death though? Because in Raiders, obviously it, it it's the, the propeller, isn't it? It, it, yeah. it, it? it goes into the propeller. In Templar Doom, Indy tries to save him because his um, he does, yeah. part of his part of his uniform is stuck in the stone grain. Yeah, and he's, he's getting know. pulled in, and it's like yeah. But Indy tries to save him, but he can't save him. And you get that classic moment of the roller going around, isn't it? Yeah. And, the, and the blood being in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and, and Indy sort of recoils away from it. But which is the worst of the two? Because you know, there's 
the propeller you can't do anything about, isn't it? No, no. I suppose there's there's a moment whilst he's he's going to be alive, and uh, whilst he's being crushed. Yeah. He's still going to be feeling it. Um, you know, yeah. Pat Roach, I think is you know, I mean, he did. He was in Willow. Um, yes. He was in Red Sonja. Yes. Uh, he appeared in Conan the Destroyer as the as the sort of man ape to- you know, that 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 sort of big th- like gorilla type thing that Arnie fights in the mirrored room, um, and of course he was in Alvida's Impet. Yeah, and the thing is, some people, depending on where you live in the world, won't be aware of Alvida's Impet, and yet you're in the UK. It's a program that's over 30, nearly forty years old, oh, you absolutely. know, and. It's still revered to this day for yeah. when it came out, and all it was about was about a bunch of brickwork, uh, brickies rather, went to Germany to work. Yeah, and that's all it was, and it just showed their lives, you know, traveling up to Germany, working in Germany, adapting to things in Germany. Yeah, you know, and it just showed the motley crew bunch, and and he was part of that bunch. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of those actors in there have gone on to bigger and better things. The oh, most yeah. prominent pro- most prominent ones, Timothy Spall, yeah. who's quite rightly lauded as one of the one of the great British actors. Yeah. Who's 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 absolutely tremendous in that T V show and and uh, you know He's Barry, his, isn't he? He's ba- Barry from Birmingham, isn't yeah. he? You know, and um he, he's just class. But Pat Roach was um was bomber, was yeah. he? And you know, and he, 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 he wasn't a man to be trifled with in the TV show either. No, you know, no, no. mainly because he, he, he was a wrestler. He was, he was a, a professional wrestler. Yes, wasn't he, he was. You yeah, know? yeah. So you know, to to see him in these in these films, um, it, it's, it's, it, for, for me and probably for yourself, is such a nostalgic thing, isn't it? You know, yeah, complete. And I think when we sort of, you know, when we look back at the, the you know this particular period of filmmaking. There is a certain feel to it. There's a human warmth to it, despite all of its problems. And uh, you know, it's it's sort of casual racism, I suppose, in some of yeah. it, of Temple of Doom. There is still a, there is still a warmth to it. Yeah, um, and then this is this is why I, I can't say I struggle with it because I've seen it God knows how many times, but I just think. It's it's such a, a new a, such a misguided misstep in some in a lot of respects for a filmmaker like Spielberg, you know, who previously to making this, I've got to think now, we're talking eighty four. So before so this, did was, e- you know, there was E T. E T was before it. Nineteen forty one was before it. Yeah. Um, close now, encounters. Close encounters. Raiders, of course. Raiders. It's got me wondering whether this was made after 1941 or was it after E.T.? It's after 1941. Are you sure? Yes. I'm going to have to look. It's after 1941 because 1941 obviously was, you know, some people class that as Spielberg's flop. Yeah, yeah. And actually, do you know what? I quite like 1941. Well, I've got to be honest, the last time I saw it, I thought it was really funny and I did think it was really funny. Um you know, it's, it's bananas. Oh, it's, it's insane. It's proper bananas, but... 1979. 1940, uh, 41, uh, 41 came out. Right, so... Let me... Let me just... I've got to do it. Sorry, man. I've got to do it, because... <laughs> I've done this before now, right? And I've gone... Ah, but the thing is... 
you know, this sort of such and such come up next, and then it'd be a case of, no, actually, you've forgotten about this. And it's like, oh, right, okay. So, in the big I mean, pantheon of like indie villains, mm-hmm. where do you think old um, Mole Ram comes up? Well, he's a total actor bastard, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <coughs> he is he is a total shitbag, right? Yeah. And the thing is, I think because of everything about um what happens in or within the indie universe, he sort of sort of gets forgotten about. But when you when you see him in full effect then, yeah. he's a total bastard. And he's also the only one in the entire indie universe that indie beats himself. Because Balak was killed by the wrath of God. Yeah. Um, Donovan uh, was tricked by Elsa into drinking uh, from the grail. That's right, yeah. Um, and what was the last one? Who was the other one? Well, there's only those two. Oh, yeah, because we're not going to dive into the other one, are we? What? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Nearly did that then. But is he's the only big bad villain that Indy actually defeats himself because all the you know to be fair, mind you, when God does step in on your side, it is a big you know. Well, yeah, you could chalk right. that up in the wind column. Absolutely right. It was 1941. Yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T., Twilight Zone. Ah, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. And the less said about Twilight Zone, the better. Yeah, let's not go down that route. Now, nope. now we talked about this obviously being the sort of the gateway drug into horror. Yes. Now, that scene where the heart is ripped out and it's still beating is probably one of the... I think, it, you know, in terms of a family film, I don't think there are many family films, possibly with the exception of Poltergeist. Well, are we talking about family films involved involving Spielberg or or just general family films? You know, well, I don't, I don't think know because many that are that dark. Well, I, mean, you could... I don't know because you, you could talk about um, animals mean... dying and shit like that in kids' films. And... I mean, I'm talking about outright Macaulay visceral... Culkin dying in My Girl, you know, shit like that. I mean, outright visceral horror. Macaulay Culkin dying in my brain. Um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. You haven't got over that one, have you? I've never seen it. Oh, I've never, ever seen it. Do you know it. what? It's hot. It's awful. It's awful. And the fact that they have, like, at his funeral, it's like an open casket, and she's, like, screaming and crying that he can't see without his glasses on. Yeah. It's that and moment. My, oh, my God. My sister used to watch that film so much. I, I've never sat down and watched it as a whole, I don't think. I've probably seen pieces of it. Yeah. And you know, films like that they sort of step into popular culture anyway, so you know you find out what happens in it. It yeah, happens yeah. in it anyway, isn't it? Yeah. So but um I don't know, it's it's, it's gotta be I would have thought, well, what about funny games? That's pretty bad for a family. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's not go down that route. No, but no, I mean, because th- that scene where this guy is chained up. And then he puts his hand in. It, you know, even you know. Don't get me wrong. You don't see the hand like making his. It is. It is pretty. Well, it. Do you know? The thing is, it's classic. You don't see the violent act. You see the before and the after. You don't see. It's like um, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre with the hook. 
it's like that. It's like um, Reservoir Dogs with the, the cop getting yeah. his ear getting cut off. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 been done repeatedly, isn't it? But as as I say though, you know, this this I'm amazed this hasn't been reclassified by the British BBFC, if I'm honest, because. You know, this still goes out on prime time telly, but I wouldn't mind betting it's still. Well, you are this week coming weekend. Yes, they're they're on TV all weekend, aren't yeah. they? Right. Yeah. I guarantee you that sequence will not be on air. You think? It's the B, mind. Well, um... you know, my favorite. You know, I got to be honest with you. My my favorite TV recutting of any film is Die Hard. <laughs> Yippee yeah, Muddy Funster. No, I think it was Kima Sabi. Uh, oh, yes, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, we talked about you know this film. Like we said, it's the dark one. We got you get you know you got the outright you know horror of somebody being eviscerated and then dropped into a volcano. You've got um, a village that has been robbed of all its children. You've yeah. Then got children being um, whipped. You've got um, somebody then being caught in a roller and then being crushed. You know, people fed people fed to alligators. That is, do you know what? That moment where somebody's being fed is where the the alligators like do the death roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That always makes me wince because you just think. And, and do, do I do I think that adds to it as well? Is that obviously they they, they drop dummies today for an effect, but the thing is, is there's a bit of clothing. Yeah, it's like you can still see a bit of the tunic almost still yeah. in, the, in the water. Yeah, and you know, I, and again, you don't see anything, but is that not a violent sequence? Of course it is. I, and, and look, I always remember. <laughs> perhaps it's not the right analogy to use. I always remember um, when Mel Gibson had. Even Apocalypto came out of The Last Temptation of Christ. He was trying to argue the fact that, his, yes, his films feature violence, but his argument was all the Star Wars films have got violence in them. Yeah, I, I will be honest with you. I think The Last Temptation of Christ is quite possibly the most violent thing I have ever seen. It is yeah. brutal. It yeah. Is br- I mean, it is right up there with anything. Well, yeah, and look, but the thing is that that violence was included as I'm not trying to stick up for anybody now. I'm just saying the violence included in that film was done for storytelling purposes from the text that is worked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And people forget that about the Bible. There are certain passages in the Bible that you go, whoa, now, hang on. What you mean? Isn't that my favorite bit? It's about the bear getting set on children for laughing at a man with no hair. Well, that's a great. You know. That's a great. But you know, that's a great one. So if you, you know, for all those bald people out there, if you've got a bear handy, release them on the children. <laughs> right, and and this isn't having a diss at religious text or anything, but like, I'm I'm talking about film violence, and that that you could say was his justification, yeah. and it made kajillion dollars or whatever it is. Yeah. Right, it was a hugely successful film. <clears throat> but he was saying, well, the very first Star Wars film, you see somebody get, well, you don't see somebody get their arm cut off, but you see the arm on the floor. Oh, yeah, yeah. With with blood by the side of it. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. What, what difference is that to, to you know, somebody getting whipped? Yeah. And, you know, where's that balance? It, it, it's, it's, it's funny because um, 
I think um, the violence within film, and I think let, let's forget, let's put it another way. When Die Hard and Lethal Weapon were released in 1986, 88, 87, yeah. whatever it is, right? Um, let's let's include RoboCop. Yeah. Right. Out of those three films, I think only two of them have still. Oh, oh no, I think only one of them might still have the 18 certificate. And Robocop is that. Yeah, Robocop is still right? yeah, yeah. Diane is now a 15, and I think Lethal Weapon is a 15. But they were 18 rated films because of the yeah. violence. Yeah. Violence is, 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 is on cinema now has become not cleverer because there isn't a clever way really of violence. You could get more creative. Yes. Right? But the thing is, I think we're a little bit so desensitized with aspects of modern life showing violence, showing the impact violence has on yeah. cultures. Yeah. Um, around the world yeah. that we're all a little bit desensitized so it takes a lot for us to be shocked yeah and disgusted yeah and you know those films are out there if you want to watch them by all means not everybody does but the thing is going back to 1984 i am amazed this film Got a PG rated <laughs> in the UK. I really am. I know. I know. I know. I really am, and I think it. it and it's, this is the only Indiana Jones film where he actually swears. He does, yeah. On the bridge, he goes, "Oh shit!" And I yeah. think that's the only swearing he does in three films. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, it is a proper oh shit moment, though, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's justified in that moment. I think I'd be what saying I'm... a bit more than that, or just curling up and crying. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Now, one of my favourite performances in this is Roshan Seth as Chatelal. I think he's absolutely brilliant in this because he is so evil. I know uh, sort of Mola Ram is the big bad in this, but mm. actually Roshan Seth is absolutely super. And he's a wonderful actor. He's an amazing, amazing actor. And I think his performance in this gets all overlooked sometimes because he's just so slimy and so evil. Well, he's a classic politician, isn't he? Yeah. You know, yeah. He, he is addressed as the prime minister, isn't he? Yes. You know, and, and um, you know, he's he's very much the man with the with the the, the, the deflected answers. But let me just remind you about yeah. what so and so said, you know, or did, and you know, the deflection is is there, isn't it? But yeah. um, he doesn't get he, he doesn't get a memorable death, though, does he? Really? I know no. he gets. He gets caught in the turn wheel, doesn't he? Yes. Of of, of the cage and, and crushed, but yeah. he doesn't. You don't. You don't actually see him. No, he doesn't die get, on get, screen, yeah. Dale. No, no, no. But um, no, it, 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 he he does give a good oiliness, shall we say? To he does, him. and then he later went on to play Dalsim as well in the Street Fighter film. Poor fucker. <sighs> I mean, he was—he probably got paid well for that, mind you. But... I know, and and, and and do you know the one thing about Street Fighter that creases me, right? I did—I didn't know until fairly recently there had been two other films made about Street Fighter. I knew there was an anime. I knew there was an anime, and I knew no, that no, no, I... no, 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 no. There's two live-action films. How have I made. missed that? Out of all the shit that I watch, how have I missed that? When and I, I, the only reason I know this is that I wrote an article um, about video games being made into films and how really there hasn't been a good one or a classic one. Um, or excuse a, a one. me, Super Mario Brothers. 
if you want to start at the bottom, we'll try and get that. <laughs> um, I, 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 I was lamenting that, you know, Street Fighter and the two sequels. One, one is called The Legend of Chen Li, and the other one is called Street Fighter something or other, right? And they both absolutely tanked, right? <laughs> um, but let's go back to Street Fighter. I lament that it was the last screen appearance of Raul Jr. I know, I know. And it's, and it's like, you're talking about a very distinguished actor, right? A, a, a great presence on the screen, oh, you know. Uh, reassurance, for want of a better word. And yes. I've said that previously before, perhaps. Yeah. But I, it just it's just a crying shame that out of, out of every film, and he, he may well have got paid very handsomely for it, I'm not saying otherwise, but... Oh my god, that film is <laughs> now so bad. There's another link, obviously, between you know the indie film and the Star Wars uh, universe, in that the Imperial Stormtrooper Marksmanship Academy. <laughs> Can I just refer to my notes? <laughs> all those arrows, and they all miss. I know. There's not one. Do you, do you think they obviously just went right? He's running away. Where are the guns? I don't know. Grab something. Um, yeah. And then they've all gone. Yeah. Right, and Kevin. Part... We need to talk. <laughs> what uh, the fuck, Kevin? He, yeah, but Kevin. Kevin didn't miss in the book, did he? <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, the one thing about that is, Indy doesn't climb or go anywhere. No. He's, he's dormant. He is just hanging on for dear life. Yeah. So if you wanted to shoot and kill that man, that was your opportunity. Yeah. All 40 of you or whatever it was. You know, they're all they got. And, you know, yeah. and not one yeah. of them's like, shit. Hang on, let me have another. I got Ah, oh, shit. Right, you're going to have to run back. Yeah. Run out of arrows. Run out of Go on. Go around the back. Damn it, Carol! <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just I, I was watching it and I was like, oh, come on, you can do this. No, yeah. you can't. No, you can't. And the cavalry turn up then, don't they? You know, they do. And, uh, and again, I quite, mean, quite literally do turn up. But... Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is. You know, this film has got a lot going for it. I mean, I really, really like this film. Is is it the is it the best out of the indie trilogy? No. No. Um, is no. it massively entertaining? Yes. Yeah, it, I, I agree with you because there are parts that are genuinely entertaining. They, they really are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I do think that the, overall you can't help but enjoy it as yeah. a whole. Yeah. But there's those bits for me that have never sort of, they've never stopped me enjoying it before. But now they've tempered what I've always thought about it. I think I think they're a little bit disjointed, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And this is why I, I keep saying I'm surprised, given well, given what Spielberg made before. Yeah. And all right, perhaps it influenced on how we made films going thereafter. Yeah, and I think the best way to, I think somebody described this, and I can't remember I read it, and uh, I'm not trying to be clever in any way, shape, or form. Um, I think there's a this film suffers with mood dissonance. You've got like the sort of you've got you've like I said we go back to it. You've got the 
that, the sort of outright horror elements in it. You've got the um, the eating of the animals, uh, you know, the the monkey brains and that, all that kind of stuff. You've got the child, you know, the ch- child slave labor. Yeah. And then, as much as I love the Busby Berkeley esque sequence, you got anything goes in Chinese. And it's yeah. You think it's a and then you go eating hearts and monkey brains. It's like it's that kind of like you know. It's not quite. I know he doesn't eat the heart, but I couldn't make the song rhyme otherwise. And then you've got you know this is a sort of you know I like this one, but it's certainly out of the three, it's probably the least favourite out of out of mine. Yeah, and and look, I I. I think for the longest time, if, if you're a film fan and you probably discussed it with other people, you might have gone, so what's your favourite indie film? And you might have got the one person going, oh, Temple of Doom. Just like the darkness of it. And, and I meant, because it's so fresh in the memory, because it's, um, my thoughts are there still. And it's only a couple of days back that I actually watched it. It's, it's now I, I'm like, I really don't like it as much as I used to. And it's yeah. not because of modern times. It's, it's just... It's it's not even a misstep really because when 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 you've got a good film the Rolex along like this does her parts and going back to that mind the mind sequence the mind is, shaft, is you know the sound effect is actually one of the roller coasters at Disney for that it's one of the Disney yeah, well, roller coasters well it, it it was it was purposely built in um, when they shoot the L Street Shepherdon whichever one it is Pinewood Pinewood um, right and there was purpose built and. Yeah. And and you know it, it captures that um, close quarters and uh, yeah. you know the the claustrophobia you know and the the velocity of being out of control and all the rest and yeah okay it jumps a gap and everything you know yeah and, yeah yeah, yeah. Right? but I, I I tell you what I love and I forgot I'd forgotten about it uh, for the for, for the longest until I watched it it's like. T- take the mine, uh, take the mine cart. Uh, stick to the left. Stick to the left. And as they're coming towards the junction, the blue to the left and the red to the right. Yeah, yeah. The- <laughs> <laughs> I had a, I had a proper chuckle to myself. That's like, right, what can we do now to sort of highlight, you know, to the promised safe land there or to the hell there? What can we? What colours can we do there? You know, and the, the simplicity of it, I suppose, yes. isn't it? You know. No. Out of all of this, and you know, I think we, you know, what are the highlights? What, what what's your favourite moments in this? Um, the introduction of short round, yeah, is class because you've got that you've got that ratatat dialogue, yeah, still all going. You've got the gun that sounds like a hand cannon being shot as well. That's that's when, as I said, the the, the, the um the hero shot. Yeah. In the in the in the tunnels, you know, lit by the the the, the, the trolley light, then we'll call it. Yeah, is is class, you know, this proper class. Um, what else? It, it, um, there's much more whipping in this film than there has in any yeah, other. Yeah, there's a lot of whipping. Perhaps it was a phase that Spielberg was going through. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Um, but yeah. Um, the mind, and obviously, as we just said, the the the, the Minecraft. Uh, mind, try and stop saying Minecraft. The mind, <laughs> the mind shaft sequence is is tremendously good fun. It really is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it leads up to one of the best sight gags in the film as well. When indeed 
jumps off and slows the cart down with his feet. Yes. And when it actually stops and he and his foot is burning because of the heat and yeah. then going, oh, water, water, water. And all the water's coming down the mine shaft. Yeah, yeah. He turns and goes, water, water, and then like, runs the other way. That's, that's, you know, that's class. That's really funny. I mean, really funny. for me, my one of my favourite scenes is the... Um, is the spikes where they're getting crushed? I think that's such a great scene with the with the. With oh, the yeah. I think it's just a brilliant, brilliant scene. And again, yeah. the, the the level of humour in that is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and just before that, you've got that scene of the the back and forth between Indy and Willie, but they're talking to themselves. Yes, and like the build up, the build of sexual tension towards him that's disrupted. Yes, by. You know, the, the guard coming out and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then everything that sort of barrels in after that, isn't it? Yeah. And then, um, but that is good. With the, 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 you know, and it was, what is it? He, he's coming, he's looking through the little hole. He's yeah. going, We are going to die. Yes, it's just... <coughs> and I, you and know... It, is, it, it is a funny, it is probably, it could very well be the funniest of the three. Oh, it's got some great lines in it. It's got some absolute. Belt, doesn't it? But then I think all three films are very funny in their own ways, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Especially the last crusade, isn't it? What did he say? You know, um, I've sent the book. To, I've sent it to Marcus, and it's like Marcus. I can't think of Mark, Marcus Brody. Yeah. Is his no, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. If I'm wrong, I apologize. You know, Marcus can speak X amount of languages. Yeah, he can yeah. blend in anyway. That's shot in the middle of the train station. Does, 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 does anybody any... speak English? Anyone no. speak ancient Greek? <laughs> and I love oh. the fact that, and I love Denham Elliott. I think Denham Elliott is a wonderful actor. And yeah. when he gets on the horse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, I, no. I, I know the way. <laughs> Yeah, the course goes the other way, yeah. of course. It's just, and I mean, the other bit I love in this, and I think it's an iconic shot, is Indy where he's got the, the machete and he's on the bridge. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. an iconic shot. I think that's, that, that is such a wonderful, well, I think it's such a wonderful, wonderful sort of moment. Well, that's just just before the old shit. Well, yeah. Just after the old shit, isn't it? When he stood there and all that. Yeah. People yeah. in front, people behind, yeah. you know, and all the rest. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's class. It's, it's, that is. Here we go. Scores on the doors. What would you give this one out of ten? Seven and a half. Yeah, same here. Yeah, really? yeah. I give it a seven out of a seven and a half. It's not an eight. It's not an eight because I think there are too many sort of issues with it in terms of, like I said, I don't think the sort of yes, it's darker, but then I don't think they balance the darkness out enough. And um, I think yeah. that, you know some of the before. I think Kate Capshaw's performance in it is not the greatest. Um, I still have a you know I still think they've sort of. There's a few moments in it that are kind of lacking, because you've got such you, it reaches that you know you, you look at Raid Raiders is cin is cinematic perfection. Yeah. Last Crusade is cinematic perfection. Yeah. This is this is a fantastic film. It's a fantastic film, but it's, it's it's but it's got problems. Yeah, yeah, and I think I I I'm going betting, and and I I do see the documentary about Spielberg that was released a couple of years back. Yes, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's if you if you can find it and watch it, it's tremendous. It's, it's like three hours long. It's and, on the Arts uh, Channel. I think you can download it on the Sky Arts Channel. Uh, and um. 
I can't recall what he said, but I, I might go back actually and have a look to see what he said around Templar Doom because um, whether he, he would do anything differently <clears throat> now <clears throat> if he was going to make Templar Doom now, would he go down the same route? I, I don't imagine that he would, if I'm honest. Yeah. And um, yeah, I tell you, the, and, and <laughs> there's another thing that didn't work for me is just after Indy um, is rescued then by the um, captain turning up with the with the with the cavalry. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. When they're making their way back to, to the um, the village, there's a matte painting, right? Yeah. And all the crops have regrown. Yes, yes. <laughs> and there's colour and vibrancy everywhere, right? It's gone from this total desolation. Right? Oh yeah, everybody's starving to death. To, like, yeah. You know, yeah, right, suddenly but... it's like a scene from Jungle Book. <laughs> it's like the Royal. It's like um, it's like the Chelsea Flower Show. Yeah. Sudden, right? <laughs> right, and I, it, I and, and again, I've obviously forgotten about it or, or hadn't noticed or paid attention previously, yeah. and then to suddenly, you know, to see them walking back towards, and it was like, oh, oh, oh hang on now, it's ever so slightly jarring. Yeah, and, yeah. and it, it again, it was like, ah, oh, really. And um, Chris, we haven't even mentioned the vampire bats. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah. Now, one of those shots actually is taken directly from the bridge of the, over the River Kwai, where the bats, you know, the piece of the bats in the sky and things. One of the shots. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is taken yeah. directly from bridge of over the River Kwai. Well, that wouldn't surprise me because that's probably a nod, isn't it? To, oh, absolutely, um, absolutely. David Lean, isn't it? No, because this is. Um, you know, if you think about like some of the films that came out about this, when we look at about dark, you know, Return to Oz. Was a fairly dark children's film that came out around about the same time. 85, 86? Yeah. Labyrinth is fairly yeah. dark at times. Yeah. Um, you know, you get um, Legend or Legend. I think Legend might have come out before. Yeah. But it's that sort of, you know, all these sort of children's films. And I mean, with The Return to Oz is fucking terrifying at times. With Mombi's heads in a you know in the thing, and it's it is really dark. Well, yeah, and the thing is, Indy isn't a kids' film anyway. Uh, sorry, the Indiana Jones films aren't necessarily children's films anyway. It's especially Raiders when you look back at oh, Raiders. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But the thing is, because it's it's fallen into that Spielberg family-friendly bracket, doesn't it? Yes. You know, but if you do actually look back at the films of Steven Spielberg, they're not family friendly. They, 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 they're tremendous pieces of work. I mean, Jaws. Oh. Jaws. Jaws is a film not about the shark. <laughs> the end what? Of the what? Close Encounters is about is a, a film about a man leaving his family. Yeah. Now e- I've e- always e- I've always found Close Encounters one of the most depressingly bleak films. Well. We, well, I made mention of it, didn't I, on, the, on our podcast the other day about the films not to watch during this current pandemic. And I, we, we did very nearly did make the list because of that. But, I mean, look at E.T. It's about a, a boy struggling with the divorce of his parents. I know, and faced and, with the horror of a mutant testicle following him around everywhere. <laughs> but, um, 
you know, and those 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 things have always been in Spielberg simply because of Spielberg's upbringing. And, you know, yeah, yeah, it, absolutely. You know, you, it, you can say a lot about a lot of other directors doing similar things, but there always has been a tinge within Spielberg for all yeah. the fantasy, for all for all the triumph, for all the um, excitement. There's a shadow, isn't there? Yes, and you could always always. Another way you call it the black dog in the, on your on the shoulder, just behind, yeah, yeah. just there, isn't it? You know, absolutely. It's the, the, you know, yeah. Everything is bright. Everything is great. But just just keep an eye on what's over there. Just lurking in the corner. Yeah, and I think perhaps going back, would he would he make it this way now? No, he wouldn't happen, would he? No, he I, I, I don't know. I don't think. I don't think so. Well, my friend, it's been emotional. It's been a roller coaster here. We've had a bee attack. <laughs> Um, you know, we've uh, discussed many, many things. As always, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, my friend, for being on. Take care, man. I will. Take care, buddy. Okay, thank you to Mr. Winston for being on. As always, it's an absolute pleasure to record with him every single time. I survived a bee attack in the house. Uh, I'm okay. The bee is absolutely fine. Everything good in the home. All good in the hood. <laughs> right, okay. So we're not going to do What the Wookiee Watch this time. What we're going to do is, uh, and I may come back to this if it's been a success, let me know what you think of it. Um, obviously, we're all kind of stuck indoors at the moment. Well, we should be. We should all be socially distancing, washing our hands, etc., etc., etc. I'm going to come up with a list of five films from a particular genre or subgenre that I think are definitely worth a look if you haven't seen them, or go back and revisit them if you have seen them. You know, so I'm going to start us off with my five zombie movies. Not my top five, not my definitive five, but five zombie movies that I think are definitely worth a look. And up first, we have got Dead Set from 2008. Let's check out the trailer. Grayson, Marky and Pippa. Thirty-seven minutes to go, minions. Take Ashley into the BBLV room. Yeah, I'm on it. I love you, mate. I this job. Then is that your eviction outfit? It's not really real, is it? This is Big Brother. Eyewitnesses describe dead or injured people attacking one another. Stop breathing! Something is wrong. Is this thing you're not on telly anymore? Said, coming soon on E4. Okay, that was the trailer for 2008's Dead Set. Now, Dead Set was directed by Jan Demarge and it was written by the wonderful Charlie Brooker. And it starred Jamie Winston, no relation to our good co host here, Andy Newman, Kevin Eldon, Adam Deacon, and Davina McCall, and several members of the Big Brother. Family? Cast? Uh, yeah, they're in it. But what I love about this is it takes this wonderful idea of what would happen if a zombie outbreak were to occur whilst they were filming a series of Big Brother and they were trapped in the house. Um, it's fantastic. And Davina McCall is amazing in this. She's absolutely superb when she when she gets bitten and she turns. Um, so is the legendary Brian uh from um 
Big Brother. He's absolutely brilliant in this. It is a really, really great TV movie, and it shows what can be done um, in this genre. It's it's fantastic. It's witty. It's dark. It's gory. It's clever, um, and it's definitely one to check out. So there's our first recommendation: Dead Set from two thousand and eight. Okay, next up on our list is The Happiness of the Katakuris from 2000. Let's check out the trailer. なんでこんな死んだ奴らの後始末ばっかりしなきゃいけないんだ。後には引けないだ。やるしかない。お父さん、やるんなら早くしないと。おい、やる方向かよ。さあ、リチャード・サガオです。お日様のニコニコ見つ
That ape that lived two million years ago. Got onto that crate, killed the baggage man and put him in there. Yes, I am. It's alive. It must be. Travel with us, if you dare, on the Horror Express. Search the train and find it, whatever it is, and destroy it. But if it's alive... I want this kept quiet. I don't want to panic the passengers. The malignant power of this creature is indestructible, transferring its force from mind to mind, from body body. Beast is not dead. I put four bullets into him. You think evil can be killed with bullets? Satan leaves. The animal that you shot was only the host. It's alive in someone on this train. You saw his eyes. One look at them and you're dead. Anything that moves near that door, kill it. <laughs> Run, run for your life. Hide, but you can't escape. No one can stop the fury and the terror of the Horror Express. Now that was the trailer, and a fabulous trailer. Did you hear the hiss and the crackling? I absolutely love it. Was the trailer for Horror Express from 1972. Now it's a Spanish-UK uh, production. It was directed by Eugenio Martin, uh, and it stars the fabulous Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, and the one and only who loves you, baby, Telly Savalas, playing a Russian Cossack. Yes, get in there. Um, it's brilliant, and this film ended up in the public domain somehow and kind of gets forgotten about. This um, this is kind of like a alien invasion, body snatcher, zombie, um, yeti movie, all set on a train with Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing playing the good guys. Um, it's gory. It's you know the basically this this creature has these sort of um has this ability to like blank people's minds um and they turn into these sort of these dead black-eyed zombie type creatures it's absolutely wonderful and it's got the fantastic line in it um from peter cushing where somebody you know these are monsters ha we're british you know it's absolutely fantastic i love this film it's so well acted it is so well shot it definitely deserves far more love. I think you can. There is a Blu-ray. I've I've got a Blu-ray version of it. It's quite difficult to get hold of, but I think there is a version of it. It's not the greatest of quality though. Kicking about on the U of the tube, so definitely go and check it out. Okay, next up we have got 
The Last Man on Earth from 1964. Let's check out the trailer. Another day to live through. Better get started. Those cells are still living, Dr. Mercer, off one another. There has to be an answer. You heard that all communications are ended outside the continental limits? Yes, I heard. That leaves it in our laps. was the trailer for The Last Man on Earth from 1964. Now, this is a US-Italian production. Um, it was directed by Sidney Salco, and it stars Vincent Price. And it is essentially the most faithful, in my opinion anyway, and it's only my opinion, the most faithful adaptation of Richard Matheson's I Am Legend, uh, which is a phenomenal book. So go and read the book because I'm sure everybody's got plenty of time to be doing that now since we're all sitting about. And essentially what you've got is there's been a virulent, uh, there's been a plague and it's turned uh, the pretty, you know, 99.9% of the human population into these vampiric ghoul-like creatures. And Vincent Price is the last man alive and he is trying to survive. Um, this is a wonderful film. Um, again, you can find this on YouTube. Um, there's a pretty good transfer of it on there as well. Um, uh, because, it, it again, like I said, it, it sadly ended up in the public domain. It is brilliant. Vincent Price's performance in this is absolutely phenomenal. He is brilliant in it. Um, so, go and check it out. Um, and let me know what you think about this one, people. I'd really like to know your opinion on it, because I love it. I think it's absolutely superb. Okay, now my next choice, and our final choice in our little list, may come as a bit of a surprise, but I absolutely love this film. It is witty, it is clever, it is fun, and it's a zombie film where you can sit down with the entire family and watch it together. I am talking... Paranorman from 2012. Let's check out the trailer. Meet Norman Babcock. His family is a little annoying. Norman! Can't you be like other kids your age and... I thought you said kids my age were too busy shoplifting and joyriding. <laughs> His friend is slightly peculiar. Can you get the door? I'm busy. Are you freeze framing mom's aerobics DVD again? No. And he has a gift. Good morning. That is rather strange. Hi, nice to see you guys. Hey, peace, man. Totally. How you doing? Hey, how you doing? Can you see ghosts like all the time? Yeah. Awesome. Now. You know who I am. The weird, stinky old bum who lives up the hill? I 
I was asking him. I'll bet no one told you about the witch's curse, did they? To save his town. The ghost is going to wake up and raise the dead. <gasps> You're the one who has to stop it. He'll need a little help. I got you. And a lot of courage. This summer. Norman! Norman is so Norman. When the zombies come knocking. <gasps> is everyone alright? Nobody got bitten? I bit a tongue. Did that count? Only true heroes. I figured it out! I know a way to stop this! Oh yeah! Can answer the call. It's really scary. There's nothing wrong with being scared, Norman. <laughs> so long as you don't let it change who you are. <laughs> Okay, that was the trailer for 2012's Paranorman. Um, I love this film. It is, gr- it, honestly, it is just, it wears its heart on its sleeve and it's got nods to Cannibal Holocaust. It's got nods to Tim Burton in there, Steven Spielberg, George A. Romero, you name it. It is in there and it is wonderful. It is funny. It is clever um you know this is you know comes from the same studio that gave us Coraline um it you know uh, Cody Smith McVie does the voice of Norman and he's absolutely superb in this um this is uh, a wonderful entry to for anyone into the into the zombie genre um you don't have to dive straight in of course with zombie flesh eaters of course you can take the easy route in um this is absolutely fantastic um essentially you've got a kid on bikes kind of scenario where they're trying to save their town from from a from the dead this is honestly it is absolutely wonderful and the puritan zombie in this is really quite frightening um it pulls no punches it's got scary moments it's got funny moments um it's got some great lines in this it's got some absolutely wonderful one-liners in it um and i absolutely i can't recommend this film enough and i'm sure at some point we'll come back around and we'll cover it in depth on the show so check out paranorman okay ladies and gentlemen our time together has now drawn to a close and that's all that's left for me to say is please stay safe stay indoors keep washing your hands only leave if it's absolutely necessary stay safe take care and in the words of Count Dracula, good night out there, whatever you are.